Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's me, Carol Baskin, and you're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that is the clear Tiger King of Spartan podcastery. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who might go missing a week after he tries to quit the pod, Kevin Grek. Grek, how are you holding up? Uh, yeah, uh, as uncomfortable as I am with this whole comparison that you've set up, uh, I suppose of all the characters in the Tiger King that I'd have to be, you know, I'd have to play, I might as well be the money dead guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm happy. Although I've still got another few episodes left, so maybe we can we can make some more references next week to uh, to what else happens in this. Hopefully, if, if watching this program that has taken. I I am uh, at least vaguely familiar. I'm a few episodes in. Um, I clearly have not gone down the wormhole you have, but uh, I have been watching, indeed, some Tiger King. I think it's actually on in the other room right now. Right now. You're missing it. We got to yeah. hurry up. We got to finish up so you can get in there and you can understand all of these various jokes that you yeah. you used at the top of the pod. <laughs> uh, well, folks, thanks as always for listening. Uh, this This is going to be a real, even for us, real weird show. Uh, if we could, <laughs> with that announcement, indulge in the favor of please sharing the podcast with the Spartans in your life. Of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan, Spartan underscore pod and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Those ratings, they keep on growing, Kevin. They have yeah. been on fire. Speaking of things that have been growing and on fire, are we talking about pecan wire? Uh, are we bringing that up? Shall we discuss? <sighs> Um, so this definitely only applies to people who are on Twitter and have decided that they care. Um, actually, no, it's too much effort. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, I'm, uh, the pecans, uh, there was a bacon, there was a beacon wire. Some people decided to cyber bully that person by becoming bacon wire. Uh, bacon wire caused beacon wire to delete their account. Uh, like then, literally not in the Twitter not, nope. not literally like the delete Twitter the account approach to that literally delete the account though i think it was one person who had multiple accounts uh it it was very strange um anyway got real tired with the bacon wire so started pecan wire people started choosing sides I, I, the moral of the story is um none of it matters and we all need sports back <laughs> so badly um, i can't believe you're betraying the cause of that statement i'm still on board Pecan is out there. I'm with you. I'm your new I Tiger sold, King. I sold to Jeff Bezos for a billion dollars after 24 hours and tearing MSU Twitter apart. The empire is secure. Um, Did you burn that money like the Joker? No, I gave it to everyone. A bag was dropped. Anyway, um, people who don't, who aren't on MSU Twitter really don't care about this conversation. Um, yep, we can move on. Yes. Uh, so anyway... Uh, folks, of course, the show is presented, as always, by Fraser's Pub in honor of uh, what should have been a a month filled with all-day IPA being the the beer of the month. Uh, that's what I'm consuming tonight. Um, but uh, Fraser's Pub, of course, is closed as we all uh, self-quarantine, shelter in place. Um, but 
if anyone would like to take an opportunity to support a local business in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, you can, of course, reach out to us on Twitter. Our DMs are open or email us at can'treadcan'twrite1855 at gmail.com. And we will make sure that you can purchase a gift card so that you can go in and, uh, and hang out at Fraser's once life returns to normal, whenever yeah. that might be. Um, anything you want to add there, Kevin? Uh, are we going to discuss, are we going to think aloud about gift cards? Uh, and questions, you mean? Yeah. Questions. Sure. We thought about maybe offering up a gift card to the listening audience under some circumstances. Yes. Yeah, so, of course, uh, last week we announced that we were going to start power ranking uh, our Twitter <laughs> questioners. Um, and, you know, that we've decided that once a month, uh, for the time being anyway, to, because we appreciate everyone staying engaged while, uh, there are no sports to talk about for the most part. Uh, the end of the month, we are going to pick the power questioner, if you will, and hand out a Fraser's gift card. And then each month for at least a little while, we'll reset and everyone starts afresh. So right now, John Hubbard is leading the rankings in the the Twitter question power rankings. But I have some bad news for John, and we will get to it later. Um, last thing. It seems like if we're going to you know give this a prize, we have to like set some actual you know ground rules. We have to be clear with you know, our system here and how winners are chosen on a, on a weekly basis, or is it just entirely at our discretion? Uh, I think the body of work carries from one week to the next. So the half-life is one week on this thing. You know, so John's Twitter questions put him at the top of the rankings. That has to be considered, even though he definitely plummeted this week. And, so, you know, he's not necessarily out of the top three, but, you know, it, it, it's, there's some flux to it. Okay. And it is, a, it is both a quantity and quality. So you don't have to ask the most questions to be the winner. No, certainly you don't. In fact, I highly recommend quality over quantity. But asking more than one helps. Yeah. Um, so with that... Uh, you want to hedge... Other- you don't want to go all in, uh, but uh, that's enough. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk plenty of Twitter questions at the end of this show. So, so many Twitter questions. Uh, real quick, we also crowdsourced a drinking game for anyone who wants mm-hmm. to play along because Kevin and I will be playing as we do the podcast. I love this because your mother's recommendation was that we should crowdsource acts of human kindness that we've all been hearing about. <laughs> And what we chose to do instead was ask the community, hey, speculate what a great drinking game would be for our podcast. So uh, I say this is the beta version. Uh, I think we retool after this week. Um, First rule is infographic with these when we're done, by the way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You must take a shot anytime Grek becomes belligerent. Okay. Uh, uh, You must drink anytime Grek says something stupid. It's a waterfall. They just uh, keep it open. Yeah. Uh, you must drink whenever you hear a can or bottle open. And I believe I just heard one from you. Mm. So I will drink. That was pre-recording, but okay. Yep. Um, Here, every time. Oh. Oh, man, again. All right. 
every time someone uses the word belabor, uh, someone looks something up as you were recording, or you must drink for each second of dead air. Um, you must drink every time couch in the rube is threatened. Um, we must drink every time I say I used to be a lawyer. <laughs> <Which doesn't, laughs> that was a very good one. Um, drink every time you want to rip on Curtis Blackwell, but hold back. That's yeah. kind of a waterfall. Mm-hmm. And drink every time the upper tech jerk guy is mentioned. That rule actually did not come from him. So with that, Kevin, uh, for folks who have weirdly stuck through this, here's the structure of the show. Uh, it's not all drinking games and promos. Um, we first have a segment called The Green Wall, where we cover actual news about MSU sports that have occurred that has occurred in the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then head off Grand River to cover some of the headlines around the nation, usually in college sports, sometimes professional. And then we wrap things up with your Twitter questions. If there were games to preview, we would, of course, preview those games. But sadly, there is not. So, Dude. Kevin, let's start with... Uh, Let's start with football because there was actually leads. So, there was there was more yeah. news in MSU sports this week than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so football, plenty of headlines to to talk about because both Scotty Hazelton and Jay Johnson, the defensive and offensive coordinator respectively, um, had a teleconference, and then I believe today Antoine Simmons, a returning linebacker for Michigan State was also made available via teleconference to the press. So we heard some things. And then the, uh, I think maybe the bigger story is that Mel Tucker hosted an Ask Me Anything on Twitter and got inundated with questions. So let's start with that because Twitter rules everything around this episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. Um, (laughs) What were your initial reactions to just Mel Tucker generally interacting with fans? You mean via the AMA? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so honestly, I thought it was a very cool continuation of what he had already been kind of doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people were seeing his tweets liked. He was replying to people who had been replying to him. You know, he had been showing wit. It's very clear he runs his own Twitter account, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's he's lacking the typical institutional opportunities to communicate about himself and the program because he can't do any of the things he would normally do as a football coach. So I thought it was really awesome. Yeah. This might be a product of the fact that he's new to the job and he's sort of got a blank slate. I thought he did. I mean, he had pretty easy questions for the most part. I mean, the the hardest hitting stuff was like Colorado fans sneaking in there and, you know, asking, how dare you, sir? Uh, paraphrasing there. But um, I was very impressed. All of his answers seemed genuine. It was very, you know, straight to the point. Um, anything that he was uncomfortable with, he did sort of use that not in my lane out. But can you imagine... And again, this might be a product of him being new and having a blank slate. Can you imagine Mark D'Antonio ever hosting a Twitter Ask Me Anything? No, and and even if he had, 
that would have been something that his press people made him do, and yeah. they would have read him some questions and typed the answers for him. Yeah. Um, Tucker was, to your point, really super affable. Yeah, he he answered a lot of easy questions, but he also communicated some things that, um, in addition to the medium suggesting fresh start, you know, there was the question about jet sweeps. Will you, I think it was, will you run jet sweeps or something to that effect? And he said, mm. what's that? What's that? <laughs> like with a, Clear with a laughing face. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was, you know, it, it was a, uh, it was an acknowledgement that things are going to look and feel different. It, obviously we have no way of knowing whether that will be true, but I appreciated him knowing the moment he's in. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't make him a better football coach. Uh, ultimately, four years from now, this isn't going to matter. Um, but it does buy him with elements of the fan base a little bit more runway. It buys yep. him, you know, it it sort of sets up that things are going to feel a little bit different. Um, I do wonder where season tickets are at right now or where the athletic department expects season tickets to be. And if, you know, maybe this kind of behavior is encouraged a little bit at the moment, sure. uh, trying to drum up enthusiasm for the season. Um, but it's the right direction. I agree with you on that regardless. So, yeah, well, I mean, he's got to, He's got to do stuff like this because he can't have a spring game or spring practices. He's not right. going to get any of the coverage that would be ordinarily associated with that. He can't, you know, he can't do booster events. He can't do public events like, you know, it, honestly, it, I I give him. It, he hasn't played a game for us yet. It, he hasn't run a practice yet, but he he's doing a lot of really good things and, and whether he pans out or the, as the coach or not, I, who knows, but it's, it's nice to see this access. I'm curious to see if there's a, a not great season next year, which I think everyone would kind of understand. And then maybe a not great second season. If this kind of affability continues, mm-hmm. um, the other news, it, I, you know, there were a ton of headlines written out of uh, the teleconferences, um, but we have, I think, bigger and more important topics to discuss, plus so many Twitter questions. Um, but so let's just cover a couple of them and and I'll kind of uh, I'll lead us off and then maybe, you know, you can you can uh, react. The first one is uh, Jay Johnson said that. Um, uh, Connor Hayward, who returned, it will be mm-hmm. back as a running back. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm personally surprised by that. I, I mean, other than, you know, pass blocking, I think we've identified that he is not going to be the first option at that position. Um, we've speculated before that maybe the transfer portal was a humbling experience for Mr. Connor Hayward. Um, but uh, I kind of figured they were going to turn him into some kind of, you know, age back or something like that. Something, you know, with using his hands out of the backfield uh, to a more significant degree. So we'll see in practice what he actually gets used for. But I was surprised that, you know, the offensive coordinator actually went on the record and say, said that he's going to be a running back in this scheme. 
I, I mean, I guess also depending on how limited they are in practices, I don't know how much of a choice they would have to move into another position anyway. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, actually, the other thing to think about, too, is that because him leaving really messed things up and forced three running backs all in the same class to, you know, be burn red shirts, mm-hmm. that this maybe allows one of those backs to actually take a red shirt and and stagger those classes out a little bit more. That's so true. maybe that's the upside. Um, the other uh, sort of interesting piece of news I thought was, you know, there were questions to Scotty Hazleton about what kind of defensive scheme they were going to be using. And, and I would say this, that it, it was a, a theme that Jay Johnson also embraced, which is that we're going to play to our player personnel and, you know, we're, we're not gonna, you know, make the, the square peg in the round hole round or whatever hole. the phrase is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said, look, you know, Michigan state has been really quality on defense for a long time. They've recruited to a four man front. That's probably what we're going to be doing a lot of. Um, I, I, I'm kind of glad that this isn't a total sort of John L scenario where I'm going to come in and totally shift things up. Yeah. The one thing that I, I guess maybe it'd be your take on though is, isn't there some advantage to at least pushing the system that you want to have, knowing that you're, you don't necessarily have the personnel for it and you've got to get that playbook ingrained, but that if you're trying to head in a, in a direction, isn't the first year the time to have things kind of go wrong? Uh, I mean, if the personnel just does not work, it's just incompatible with the you know, scheme that you would prefer to run, then maybe not. Maybe year two is the time to do that. Maybe it's just not realistic to install that right now. Um, or you start it, layering some things in. Sure, or that. Do a nice gradual transition. Because um, Scotty wants a three-man front, right? He does. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a little bit agnostic on it. Okay, well then maybe Mel likes the three. kind of been working. I don't know. Um, I kind of trust him. He's got a good reputation. I trust him to evaluate what's available and what has been successful for MSU in the last couple of years and, uh, make that call himself. But, uh, right now he seems to be, it could be the same thing that you were saying about, uh, about Connor Hayward changing positions. There just might not be the practice time for something like that to be feasible. Yeah, um, I would say also, you know, because there's a lot more stuff to get to that, you know, there were a fair amount of articles that were generated about the football team that you can check out from a variety of press sources. Um, the, you know, and enjoy reading about a football season that may or may not happen. So buzzkill. All Stop right. It. Um, Stop it. Let's head to uh, basketball. Um I guess we'll start on the positive end. Let's start yes. on the positive end. Um, Xavier Tillman has decided he's going to test the NBA waters. And, you know, what that means is that he's going to be able to do some workouts. He's going to be able to do some interviews, but he's not retaining an agent. Um, it's, you know, so he can come back to college just because he's declared doesn't mean he can't come back. Right. So he's going to get some kind of indication of where he is 
with these teams. I think mock drafts that I've seen have him sort of in that bottom of the first round, top of the second type of range, uh, which um, was not where he was considered even before he declared. So um, that might be generous. I if if he were to come back, it's to work on that shot, right? It's to extend that range yeah. because and maybe the layups <laughs> and maybe to a degree, you know, the layups, although his footwork is there and he's got some great short range game back to the basket game. Um, the problem is, how does that translate to the league and how the league is going right now? Um, he can run the floor and he's smart and he can dish and he can do all those things. So and defense is there. Um, yeah. The question is, what are his offensive capabilities in NBA schemes? Um, so we'll see. Uh, he's going to have some blunt conversations. I'll have a pretty good idea of where he fits in things. And maybe he decides to come back. Um, I'm kind of disinclined to think that he will, though, because like you can go, you can get that, you know, guaranteed bottom. deal. Yeah, get some kind of money. And then if it doesn't work out, you can go overseas for a little bit and then maybe come back. And I think he's very unlikely to come back personally. What do you think? What's your gut? Uh, you know, I don't know that I have. I really have a good one on this. Um, I think he's right to test the waters. I think he's right to get some feedback. There, there's zero harm in it. No. And, you know... I don't know. I, I, I could see. I could see either one w- would not surprise me. Um, obviously, I would be elated if he came back for selfish reasons. But I think, as I've said on the pod before, I would be elated for him if he went because it doesn't seem like there's a better dude, you mm-hmm. know. And and he does have the skill set, and it, not just and he has the skill set to be a long term player in the league. Um you know, it may well be just as a role player, but he'll make his money and he will do well for himself there. The question is, is does he want to have a little bit more guaranteed money? And maybe that means coming back for a year and, and working on those skills. If, you know, there are certain skills that he thinks will actually improve his draft stock. And I think really the long range shot is the only one that could do that. So maybe that's why he comes back and we see him attempting a lot more threes next year. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, in related news, Mr. Aaron Henry, rumor has it, it's not as official. Is this true? Rumor has it that Aaron Henry might be testing those waters as well. So, I don't know. It's not official. Um, certainly he's got the NBA prototype, but he's got NBA defense and he's got the NBA frame. And the question is, where does he go? for large percentages of some of these games that he should be taking over, but he just does not. So I kind of doubt that this one actually ends up happening. And if he does declare and not, you know, retain an agent, I bet he comes back. Um, Cause he's got a lot more to prove. I mean, he can drastically improve his draft stock next year. Yeah. If, if he put together a season that was, similar to the last 12 games that he played dude's probably a lottery pick i mean he doesn't even have to be the top scorer on our team 
Mm-hmm. But if he is consistently putting up, you know, I think he was around uh, like 14, 8, and 3, um, 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists over his last 12 games. I, I could be inflating those slightly. But teams are going to be pretty interested in that, um, particularly with, you know, the skill set that just makes him a perpetual threat. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And unlike Xavier Tillman, his game very much fits the NBA model. So yes, we'll, yes. uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I bet you see Aaron Henry in green and white next season though. Um, you know who you won't be seeing in green and white next season. I, I hope not. No. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, so this was today, uh, yep. published by ESPN, Paul Levine, who, um, if can't read, can't write had existed as a podcast when the outside the lines report was released, we would have talked about in detail. I don't think we've ever explicitly acknowledged that report. Um, I don't think we have either, but there was another report today about a new incident, um, that was previously unreported. I had no idea that this was out there. I had no idea that he had been suspended in January, but sorry, go ahead. Well, let's, uh, let's, yeah. So, um, Paul Levine and ESPN today reported that, um, a walk on, uh, player for the Michigan state basketball team, uh, Brock Washington, we're going to use his name because it was reported by ESPN and it seems silly to just dance around it, um, has been accused of a second, that's right, second sexual assault. Um, he was suspended immediately. I was aware of his suspension uh, and he did not travel with the team and he was suspended for the remainder of the season. And the... The gist of the allegation is, and I I don't mean to give it short shrift, just time, uh, is that he engaged in sexual intercourse with a woman who was not capable of providing consent because she was too intoxicated. And after interviewing uh, the the woman, um, the survivor, um, the survivor's roommate. And Brock Washington, the, I believe, Michigan State Police Department, or is it Mm -hmm. ELPD? Uh, It happened on campus. It happened at 1855 Place. So I'm guessing it would be MSUPD. MSUPD. So MSUPD recommended um, pretty severe um, charges to the Ingham County prosecutor. Uh, I believe... that was it was it sexual assault four was the, am i getting that right are we gonna actually I, look this up so that we can yeah, have hold waterfall on. time all right drinking uh charges mm. oh. yeah keep it going um this is so much better so, the word charges in the article did not bring it up. Um, All right. But well, I don't know. I don't know. It, um, they, severe they, charges, though. Fourth degree, yeah. something like that. Yes. Um, anyway, so the Bingham County prosecutor decided to not press charges, saying that 
the the facts in the case did not meet the burden of proof. Uh, interestingly, or rather importantly, I think for how maybe we should feel about this as Spartans is that Brock Washington also uh, changed the story multiple times to the MSU Police Department in the course of the investigation. Another way of saying change the story is lied to the MSU Police Department throughout the course of investigation. So I think, Kevin, it's useful for us to break down this story and the feelings that Spartans have about it into two different parts. Part one being the actual incident, and then the back half being the reporting the incident, because Paula is not uh, does not find too many friends in East Lansing, and for valid reasons. But we need to separate her and maybe some of the issues around her reporting to the side, because the incident itself and the reporting, it, as it was reported, th- what was used was a police report and mm-hmm. interviews with a survivor of the, the alleged assault as well. Um, so it's, it's well-sourced. It is well-sourced. And MSU police recommended charging Washington with a first-degree criminal sexual conduct after interviewing him. So as it relates to the first half of that, and I think you are absolutely right to suggest that we should split it into two parts. Um, as it relates to Washington in particular, um, I, I mean, he got a second chance. Clearly, he did not take advantage of that. Um, there is now in this post B2 world, we all understand the degree to which, you know, believing women is important. Um, I think however you want to interpret this and all of the information is here, and as I read through it, I'm troubled by it. Um, it's very clear to me at the very least, that uh, he did not engage in conduct that represents Michigan State University and should continue to represent Michigan State University on the basketball team, Um, regardless of whether charges are filed or regardless of whether he continues to be a student at MSU. uh, I think the basketball team is a privilege and... Should demands. be taken away from him. Yeah, and he's not, he has not displayed conduct that reflects that. So I can't see of a single reason why Brock Washington should continue to be a member of the MSU basketball team. Um, he changed his story with police, which is another way of saying lied to police, which is something that this podcast um, in Wondered just, aloud. But wondered did, aloud, but did uh, chastise uh, team members of uh, of other basketball uh, teams uh, for doing under much less serious circumstances, although they could be still very sur- serious circumstances. But um, I mean, this is a young man that admitted to having sexual contact with an incapacitated victim um, and lied to police on at least one occasion. So whether or not Brock Washington gets charged with criminal sexual conduct, whether or not he gets expelled, I think he's lost his opportunity to play basketball for MSU, as far as I'm concerned. And I I don't know if you would agree, but I'm a little disappointed he isn't off the team. I agree. I'm going to state that for the record. I think it shouldn't 
if he was just going to be suspended at first, I think there's enough information now that he can be dismissed. Yeah, without without question, without hesitation. Um, and and frankly, I would I would like to hear from Coach Izzo about what he knew and when. So because this, sorry, go ahead. I'd just because off. if he if you know it, there may be some of these details that ESPN got maybe i i don't know but that got that coach Izzo didn't have maybe he wasn't privy for a variety of probably legal reasons to why uh or to to you know brock washington being untruthful with the police department Mm -hmm. and frankly i would be surprised if the police department was communicating those things to a basketball coach that would seem to be inappropriate so if he's just learning about it now fine but I would like him to at least say, I, I don't get to see these things and for good reason. And so this is the first I'm learning of it. And that's the end of that. And it, but if he did know before, and that bothers me. Yeah, the allegations are troubling. I, this sort of leads us into the second point of where we're at in the reporting of it. Personally. So- the, well, let's let's stay what the issue is. Okay. So the issue is that, and this was the issue back in 2018 when ESPN used Bronk Washington's name to describe a, uh, a an earlier sexual assault. Um, I don't mean to grade sexual assaults, though the law does, and that one would have been considered a less severe one in that he. It was a, a groping that he pled down to a, a, a plain assault. Um, and, and so the issue then and the issue now is using the name of an, of an accused, though not charged, a suspect, that is to say. Though I think it's fair to say that, that Brock Washington has very much graduated from suspect when the the prosecutor's office i'm sorry the the police department recommended charges mm-hmm. and and he admitted to engaging in sexual conduct with the woman so i mean it's suspect is a little bit uh he, he's not a suspect he is credibly accused right um but but the issue nonetheless and and there are this is a real issue of ethics and journalism we're not making this up journalists there's a there are pieces to be written or there are pieces written on whether and when a journalist should use the name of an accused or I'm sorry, of a, of a suspect. And so particularly with someone like Brock Washington, who qualifies under laws that protect the identity of certain youthful offenders. So anyway, that's, I wanted to lay out what the, the issue in the reporting is that many Spartans took it, took, uh, took issue with. Now, I think it's also we're separating issues here, and I think we should separate again. You can have an issue with Paul Levine and outside the lines and certain approaches that media outlets have taken and still evaluate this differently. My interpretation, now I understand that there was a segment on SportsCenter today that I didn't get a chance to watch. Um, That's a reflection of no sports. Yeah. Um, 
I found that the article was very straightforward. It did name Washington. I guess if you have an issue with that, I I didn't find that it criticized the program or Tom Izzo himself that substantially. I think our podcast right now, in fact, is criticizing Tom Izzo to a greater degree than this report did, the piece did. Um, personally, I, I think you can argue over semantics about whether or not Brock Washington's name should have been published here. Um, personally, I'm more upset with him than I am with ESPN for writing this report with Paula Levine for writing the report. She had a police report and she had a victim and victim statements come to her. Um, I think yeah. that gets you in the area of using the accused name. Um, especially when he's admitted to the contact. Um, I, it, you, look, you we, asked we, the question, uh, sorry for interrupting, but you asked the no, question, no. is there a case? And this occurred to me while we were talking about this of another student athlete or person's name coming out. Um, when, uh, when there weren't charges or anything like that. Um, what's his name? Who was the wide receiver that played for the Texans for a sec? Um, Keith Mumphrey. You know, I don't believe any charges were ever filed with him, but it was well known, his situation. Um, so, I mean, there is precedent for this. Um, my question would be, what good does it do the public to not publish his name? And I think very little I, well i i mean i th- i think what it does is that the justice system is where people's guilt and innocence should be disposed of i mean i mean the the issue is that this is you know you you write the story and and let's say it is later on adjudicated and he's acquitted well that's a lot of time where a lot of people um believed him to be guilty of conduct that later on it became clear he was not though once he's charged you you get to write the story you know pretty clearly under ethical ethics rules so i don't know how much of a difference that makes and i would also say two things first that predating harvey weinstein's conviction were a lot of public accusations Mm -hmm. um you know Louis C.K. never charged with anything but accusations. Um, what's his face? The creep with Matt uh, with the door that closed at Good what? Morning CBS. Matt uh, Matt Lauer. Yeah, Matt Lauer, publicly accused, but no criminal charges. So the argument it, it, in those cases would be that these are public figures. Now, is Brock Washington a public figure? He is a member of the basketball team, but at the same time, he's a walk-on and doesn't play. So, I... No, that's it's fair. But I, I, w- I would just add this, that mm-hmm. if your first reaction to this article was being upset at Paula because she used his name, your anger is in the wrong place. Because we need to believe survivors. We need to believe women. We need to believe survivors. We, it's men and women, but we need to believe them. And there's there's a real, real credible allegation here. Yeah. And and, and particularly if you're a Spartan, 
learn learn the lessons here and 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 your anger should be that there are a whole lot of us who care oh, uh, so so much about doing the right thing and and that we had a a monster of a man who really really ru- ruined a lot of people's lives and and ruined the reputation of a university that we hold dear so your anger should not be placed at Paula I agree. I, I would soften that statement. I would say that for me personally, just being for myself, I can understand why someone's first gut reaction is to lash back out at ESPN because there were significant issues with oh, the reporting. They were terrible. But at the same time, if if you were to evaluate this one case, I think I think if you Evaluate this one case, evaluate this one article, evaluate the circumstances here. Anger at Paul Levine and ESPN may be a little bit misplaced and that perhaps we should focus on a young man that was given a second chance and then did not take advantage of it is the most euphemistic way that I can say that. I mean, he... You don't, you hate to say like a guy put himself in a bad situation because it like, it's such like a euphemistic, again, like way, it's like such a like old way of approaching this. But I mean, like you idiot, like, come on, what are you doing? So I, I think you should be gone from the team. And I found this to be a fair article, just speaking for myself personally. Well, I guess on a lighter note, because there's no good way to transition off of this. I mentioned earlier that that football season might not be happening. You want to talk about some other sports that won't be happening? Uh, well, another one that might be happening that we're apparently trafficking in rumors now. We need to talk more about our educational or our uh, editorial um, uh, standards, standards here. There have been uh, rumors across our Twitter page and elsewhere that lacrosse may be becoming a varsity sport, which would be very exciting because we have direct lacrosse connections on the podcast. So, um, woohoo! I kind of doubt this, though, to be honest with you. Like, not this isn't a slight at lacrosse, but right now it seems to me that the NCAA is in a bit of a state of flux. We're anticipating big changes to student athlete experiences and their opportunities and, you know, whether or not universities will have to pay them directly or whether they'll be able to, you know, use their name, image, and likeness. These, I mean, first, if you're going to add male lacrosse, you have to add just as many female, uh, scholarships, uh, for title line reasons. And then also adding all the scholarships, those are not going to be revenue generating sports. I'm maybe lacrosse will be nearer to that than some other, um, scholarship athletes are right now. Uh, I know that lacrosse has a big following, um, relative to some other sports, but at the end of the day, you're not going to cover all of those expenses. So I'm dubious to this rumor personally but if the economics make sense or there's some kind of uncle money bags out there willing to bankroll the whole thing um is that pop collar money yeah when you're playing lacrosse man you pop two three collars four collars um i don't know (laughs) 
let's head off Grand River, and I'm realizing actually uh, there was a topic we should have covered in this uh, segment that we will not, and maybe we can do it next week, which is why the Justice Department hates trans athletes, um, but <laughs> we can start with okay. marble races. Yeah, if those gone mainstream enough, are we covering marble races yet? So I, I would just say Joe Buck has been doing yeoman's work. Have you seen the videos of that that have gone out of him? I'm aware of the concepts. I have not actually clicked on they, one and watched it. Though. They're actually really good. Are they? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a supercut Fox Sports to put together. It was, it was. Joe Buck is good, man. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason those guys get paid. Yeah, I guess it's it's lending credence to uh, what's his face who signed the mega deal. Romo. Um, yeah, Romo. But uh, anyway, no, I don't think we're quite to covering marble races. Um, that's just gravity and chance, man. Um, but uh, I guess in real news, big news, Tom Brady, yeah, the man who couldn't seem to outplay Drew Henson, is headed to <laughs> the Bucks. Uh, I what's more surprising to me is that reports out of the NFL is that the 49ers, your 49ers. The Colts and by extension, because they didn't decide to pursue him, you can sort of infer the Tennessee Titans all effectively passed on Tom Brady and Tom Brady had to actually court the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by these reports uh, for him to join the team. Um, Is this what do you what do you think about this? Where where are you on this? I think for those teams, and it makes some sense, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. And that's a lot of juicers you got to put there for him and his new wave medical staff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, how many years does he have left? Let's be honest. And you got to have a team that's, that's just missing a QB and is otherwise in contention. I think Tampa Bay makes some sense. Um, I don't care about the NFL. So frankly, my take from this is a former Wolverine got snubbed by a bunch of people and I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. Like that's, that's my take. I'm fine with it too. I, I mean, I, uh, I'm just, I'm not surprised by the Patriots organization. Like the Patriots organization, everyone is expendable at any time. So that's going to happen. Um, I am a little bit surprised at some of these other teams because having Brady there is going to get you a lot of coverage. I mean, I, I know that the numbers weren't quite there last year. I think there are other reasons for that. Uh, they're contributing factors, but um, I don't know. I think you can still kind of sling that ball a little bit. We'll find out. It'll be a nice experiment this year. Were these teams I guess- right? In related news, uh, what is it, Adam Schefter, Schefter from ESPN? Could be. I'm not anyway, sure what you're referring to. Adam Guy, uh, you know, big ESPN insider, though, oh. relatedly uh, stole some, a, a meme or some artwork, I guess is the better way of saying it, created by MSU Twitter's own crafty consumer, Ross, and, and passed it off as his own mm. um, and did not give credit. Mm. And... Ross, I want you to know we see you, and Adam, shame on you. Join us at Pecan Wire, uh, Ross. Join I don't us. think Ross has time for that. Um, 
But uh, Kevin, we have a great not a sponsor this week. It's we so do. good. In fact, they bought all of our other not a sponsor spots and <laughs> said we're going to be the only one. And so you want to let the folks know what they got coming? I think you should do it. <laughs> I, I think. All right. Phrasing. (laughs) This week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by Dr. Snoop's Vasectomy Services. Were you thinking about growing your family but then spent two weeks with them sheltering in place? Or perhaps you're realizing there might be very real consequences to sheltering in place with your significant other with no end in sight? Well, Dr. Snip has recently declared an essential... Well, Dr. Snip was recently declared an essential service, so make your appointment as soon as possible. Uh, Dr. Snip, though, does apologize. It can no longer honor any promotions or coupons of any kind (laughs) because demand has been through the roof. So thank you, Dr. Snip, for being uh, this one and only not a sponsor for this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. And with that, Kevin, we are deep enough into the episode that I am concerned for the number of Twitter questions that we have in front of us. So let's snake but through it. But they're good, Yeah, they are good. And we appreciate everyone coming with the heat. Um, so let's start it uh, off with Brandon List, who yeah. asks, at the end of the Blackwell drama, who in their right mind hires this guy? Not even sure, not sure even Bed Bath & Beyond would give him a chance. That's an homage to the next question. Yeah, you're, uh, you're about to know why he chose Bed Bath & Beyond of all places. Um, yeah, I mean, that's his motivation, right? Because especially now, he's just so toxic that no football team is going to hire him for a while. And he's only got Detroit connections. So his geographic viability is very limited. He could work yeah. at schools in Michigan and Ohio and Illinois, maybe. So, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be difficult for him to find a job as lucrative as the one he had. That was probably a motivating factor for why he decided to take this or be susceptible uh, to, you know, the arguments for why he should take this uh, uh, lawsuit in the first place. But, I mean, he, they got to be all in at this point. No school. It's going to touch him. What do you think? No, I, I honestly feel bad. I would have, if I was him, the smarter thing to do would just be quietly go about your business, keep being the plug for Detroit, and, you know, eventually get picked up once stuff had passed over. I mean, mm-hmm. that would have been the better thing. Next question from Brandon is, both of you experience uh, working at Bed Bath & Beyond. Please discuss. So the time was 2009. Jonesy and I had just graduated into the Great Recession, and I yes. I had a job, but it was seasonal, and they did not elect to keep me on uh, at that time. Um, and Jonesy called me up, and he said, "Hey, let's let's uh, hawk some some hard lines. Let's hawk some some linens. Let's hawk some covered you know trash cans. Let's hawk some." I mean, what were the big t- ticket items on your side at the at the Bed Bath and Beyond? Some stand mixers, stand uh, mixers, huge some, uh, duvet covers. Mm, you the know, margins a, on the duvet covers in those days. Can you imagine? You know, the mar- the real margin is on. They make these little bamboo uh, tongs that you take toast out of um, the toaster with, mm-hmm. so that you don't burn your hand. 
And uh, our old boss there used to say, he says, I love these things because it's like customers throwing a dollar on the ground because they cost Bed Bath & Beyond like two cents and they sell them for 99. So the, the margin on it is insane. Yeah. Anyway, as a percentage, I'm <laughs> yes. It's so it's like throwing a dollar on the ground. It's great. Um, but anyway, yes, I actually worked at Bed Bath and Beyond more than once, um, and quite enjoyed my employment uh, experience for the most part. I used to think it was a really great company, and I have become less convinced of that. Though in my new home in New Jersey, they have like a really um, like a concept uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. That has like a cooking school inside of it. Mm. Super interesting. Anyway. I mean, that's, that's the future a- for those types of places. I think we both really, we topped out at Bed Bath & Beyond. I think we're just <laughs> chasing the dragon right now. Um, yeah, that's all this podcast is, is, is <laughs> please let me back into my Bed Bath & Beyond glory days. Yeah. Um, Nate C's first question is Nest or Arlo. And I want to say, Nate, um, look, we don't talk about people who could be sponsors because they haven't paid for our time. So pass. I, I want to thank Nate C though, for bringing my attention that Arlo exists as a company. I did not know about this whole internet of things, uh, business, but, uh, I'm a Nest guy. I'm going to say it. There's one in the house here. Continue. You, like a camera situation. No, dude, thermostat, man. Uh, 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 oh, okay. All right. Uh, next question. Do you still ride a bicycle? If so, what kind? Uh, the widow Joyce across the street before she moved into the old <laughs> folks home gave us her adult children's bicycles at the end of last year. They're in our garage right now. And I do intend to get those things uh, fixed up and ready for the road should we ever be allowed to go outside ever again? Um, I don't know what kind they are and I would have had to go to the garage to figure it out. Whatever that kind is from Joyce is my kind of bicycle because it was, you get a Joyce bike free. It's Joyce, Joycicle. Um, what's the furthest you've ever lived away from Michigan? Elmhurst, Illinois for me. What about you? Uh, California. I am originally from Sacramento, California and after law school, you know, I used to be a lawyer, drink, drink. Uh, <laughs> I moved back to California and lived in Santa Rosa for a while, which is where I became familiar with Lagunitas and Russian Riving River Brewing Company. There we go. Uh, do you care to use your Bed Bath & Beyond credential and tell us about stomach side and back sleeping? That's Nate C's next question. I am a fall asleep on my side kind of guy, but I usually wake up on my back. Mm. Uh, if you are a side sleeper, you don't want one of those pillows that have a gusset on it. You know, that's like, uh, so that there's a distance between the seams. Yeah. So that, you know, props that neck up. How about you? Uh, I think we're going to go stomach on this one. I think it is stomach at the end of the day. It's definitely not black. It's or back. It's <laughs> stomach with a little bit of side. Zero percent back. Mm. All right. Jonesy, what is your favorite country to visit? Obviously, Canada. Duh. Of course. Montreal, Toronto. Come on. Come on. Have you ever actually been to Montreal? Because Montreal is fantastic. I've been to Montreal many a time. And I I went to Montreal for spring break once in college. Mm. It was a storied experience of which the stories will not be on this podcast. (laughs) Uh... How about you? Uh, if you've already got Canada, I'm going to put in uh, some Czech Republic or some Germany into that list. 
Go to Prague. If you haven't been to Prague, go to Prague. Your in-laws will be so disappointed. Uh, how fast have you ever driven by Nate C? I've been in a car that went up to like 130, 140. I've never driven that fast because the cars that I've had have, I would not have <laughs> trusted to go above a hundred miles per hour. What about you? Um, I'm not sure the answer. I guess the best answer I could give is that I once was borrowing um, a friend's BMW M3 and with me was someone who worked for the East Lansing Police Department and we raced a police officer. Uh, and then I was told I need to let him win. <laughs> um, what's your favorite pizza? I'm going to go Detroit. I'm going to go Buddies. What about you? Uh, when I worked in New York City, there was a pizza place right outside of my office building called Little Italy, uh, mm-hmm. right near Grand Central on 43rd between Madison and 5th, that I can honestly say is maybe my favorite pizza. Um, it, it was not, like, it's not some famous special place, but it's really good pizza. Um, the wife has question. a spot in New York that was New York style pizza with prosciutto. And speaking of chasing dragons, she's like trying to recreate that um, her whole life afterwards. But anyway, um, last one from Nate C. You want to grab that? Are you aware Carol killed her husband? I've heard. <laughs> All right. Taylor this is a Anderson King reference. Uh, there have been many on the podcast so far. Taylor asks, been reading anything good during this quarantine? Favorite albums to listen to with a glass of whiskey? I'm going to count these as two questions for the purposes of power rankings. Yep, Taylor. So have you been reading anything good during this quarantine? And Taylor, next time, separate them if you want credit for multiple questions. Uh, I'm trying to read the Foundation series before the TV show comes out. So Foundation is my answer to um, reading. And favorite list, favorite album to listen to while uh, holding a glass of whiskey would have to be something from Tom Waits. Pick anything from the Tom Waits uh, catalog and put it on during this time. Go ahead. Um, or or uh, we'll do um, if if you're gonna scoff like that, uh, we'll do what's his name from the Screaming Trees. We'll do uh, something from Mark Lanigan. Wow! 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 Um... I, I, I'll stick by your recommendations. Um, the glass of whiskey thing depends if you're by yourself or not. Um, I would say, um, hold on, uh, drink waterfall. Am I just like filling this air so that we don't kill our listenership with their waterfalls all over the place? Um, um uh, sorry, here I'm going. Uh Glass of Whiskey favorite album is um And the War Came by Shaky Graves. Um next question from Taylor. If you had to be quarantined on campus, which neighborhood slash complex would you choose? I'd go Brody. So is Brody has it been sufficiently renovated that it's no longer the Brojects? Yeah, in fact, if you're a freshman, my understanding is it's hard to get into Brody now. So what? <laughs> I will choose Brody for a couple of reasons. One, biggest room, so you need the space under these circumstances. Two, yep. pretty good 
cafeteria situation. So even though you've got to be socially distant, it's big enough, not a problem. Um, And three, there's going to be a lot of people around in the various other windows and similar situations to you. So you might get in like communicating with them across the courtyard type situations, which Mm -hmm. could be fun. So I'm going to take Brody. What do you got? You know, I love South Complex. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we're just going with the complexes that we lived in when we were in college. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's my argument for South Complex. A, Case Cafeteria feeds the athletes, which means it has the best food. Mm-hmm. Or at least uh, maybe most nutrient-dense food is a better way of saying it. It's always chicken. Um, second, you're missing sports right now. That means that you can look out the window and sort of just touch the window a little bit and cry to yourself as you get to see Spartan Stadium. I, and the, the quad in the South Complex is fantastic. Yeah. So there's That's that. Um, next up, from Vodka Soda 19, bagel bites or pizza rolls? The answer is pizza rolls, uh, pepperoni. Uh, the way that it sears your mouth on the first one is perfect because it just like cauterizes things, and then you can just <laughs> throw as many back as you want to. I also... I'm state dependent in my eating of pizza rolls and it only happens like after three or four beers. So th- there's that element as well. That's a requirement. Um, she this adds in pizza lunchables to the list. So for you, bagel bites, pizza rolls, pizza lunchables. What do you got? It's, it's pizza rolls, period. Yeah. Full stop. Easy. <laughs> not even close. Like not even close. Also um, from Vodka Soda 19, Michael Jones, what is your go-to karaoke song? Obviously, Mr. Jones and me. Mm. Uh, though, actually, probably in seriousness, because despite these dulcet tones that make for great radio slash podcasts, uh, <laughs> I can't sing. So probably a cake song, um, oh, okay. chicken, maybe Chicken McNuggets, because uh, uh, dude doesn't sing. He just kind of talks it out. So that's what I'm going with. I saw a cake. That was not included in my favorite live bands apparently but that was a good show kick was a good show um michael jones from vodka soda 19 no 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 you answer this question first how would you describe each other circa 2003 2004 go ahead kevin so we've danced around this but mike jones and i have known each other for a long time (laughs) (laughs) i think we said how long uh 2003 2004 we we still hung out then, but we weren't as close in 2003, 2004. You were one of 20 dude bros that I all held in similar regard. Um, but you were the... Cream uh, of the crop. Yeah, you were the tops, <laughs> clearly. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any special opinion of you in 2003, Was, 2004. So you wouldn't describe me as class vice president... No, I would not. Weird flex. (laughs) I would not Um, have described you as such. And I would describe Kevin as someone who was friends with my friends. All right, moving along. (laughs) You totally took that dig and did not respond. Um, No, I I think that's what I was dancing around. So that's where we were at. Uh, So this is the big one. This, if vodka soda is doing anything in the Twitter rankings this week, this is the question for a lot of money. And then in parentheses, she adds, like, I'm rich bitch money. Uh, you have to give up watching one forever. MSU football or MSU basketball? 
I, I don't know, man. Th- that is so hard. I, th- I think my memories and honestly, my emotion is more tied to MSU football, but I, God, like this basketball season really brought me in hard on basketball. Mm-hmm. I, and maybe it's just because the guys were so damn likable. But Brock Washington. Yes. Well, I mean, he was gone for most of the season. <laughs> People are going to have to really turn the podcast up to hear that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think football Saturdays are like a thing that I wouldn't want to give up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What about you? I decided that for me, I thought about this one. I would give up MSU football, and. It's entirely for logistical reasons. There's way mm. more basketball and basketball yeah, happens that. at a time when I, I'm going to live in Michigan basically my whole life. I think I can't go outside. I can't do other things. Yeah. Football Saturdays. Like I can go tailgate, hang out with everyone, live in East Lansing and then be like, peace. I'm going to go hang out in the, in the cave, in the man mansion, in the, in East Lansing castle. Um, while you guys go to the football game and they're going to be like, what? And I'll be like, oh, that's why I'm rich because I can't go to the football game. And they'll be like, okay, we'll see you in four hours. And that'll be that. Um, it'll hurt. I won't be thrilled about it, but uh, that would be the plan for me if I had yeah. to choose one. God. All right. Raymond Chains is up next. Um, <laughs> Are we going to say this one? Do we, we, do you know? Yeah, 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 we're gonna we're gonna say it. Uh, when are you gonna have the public health guru back on? Hi, Raymond. This is uh, your buddy Alex Plum. Uh, just wanted to. Uh, I guess this is sort of a confession of sorts. Um, back on uh, August seventeenth, uh, you sort of uh, intimated that the podcast was really growing on you because of how well we were handling the uh, the pandemic crisis and. You know, having just been on the podcast the week before and really kind of marking my territory, as it were, in this uh, in this moment, I was really touched by that. So anyway, uh, that's why I say it's a confession. I've been um, just kind of calling and deeply breathing as I hear your voice, uh, just trying to work up the courage to tell you that. So anyway, it's out there now. Hope you're doing well, man. Go green. Raymond Chains also asks, how's your mental health? I'm getting the fear. Yeah. It comes in waves for me. What about you? Um, yeah, it's, uh, today's not a good day. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's a lot of fear, uh, a lot of rough things. And so, you know, but... Then other times, you know, like today was also, at least in the morning, was nice because it was the day that I went back to work. So there was less of the, you know, I'm stuck inside, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm literally stuck inside. So um, it's it's not great. But, you know, uh, I, I would honestly say this is something that that uh, that helps the God, this the Twitter questions were good for us this week. It, it was 
And Twitter is weirdly sometimes cathartic or therapeutic, in at least being able to connect with people who I have something in common with who are also dealing with this nonsense. Indeed. So uh can you break t- all right this one's for you can you break down in terms a layman could understand why hondo is the punchline of so much of lansing's sport media humor so for the uninitiated hondo uh has this following called spartan nation now he's affiliated with usa today he's been around literally for si si oh sorry si not usa today my apologies to usa today <laughs> um, the problem with Hondo is a fewfold. One, everyone else in media, you know, probably went to J school or are writers by trade. And Hondo is semi-literate. Uh, I know that we can't read and can't write and neither can Hondo. Um, if you ever read any of his stuff, awful, <laughs> truly awful. There are times where you can't follow his thoughts. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Just on those terms, that's enough for like professional writers to look down on him. But he's also willing to go to print with innuendo and rumor, and he's willing to be the mouthpiece for a lot of MSU. So it's not uncommon that if an MSU football, and I know he, it's been interesting to me that he's been critical of D'Antonio or was last year. Because a lot of the time, football coaches will just go to him and say, I mean, they won't say it explicitly. They'll be like, you're my useful idiot. Please print this and put this out into the universe. This is my point of view. This is something that I'd like people to think. Please do this. So I think his journalistic standards are not that high. And his writing abilities are not that impressive in that combination. And, and he's got to ask the first question. Like, he, he also has the workplace habits of someone that might irk you a little bit. First one there, gets himself situated, first one to raise his hand. So there's the idiosyncrasies that you tack on to all of those things. And it's just... He's just kind of that guy, right? Yeah, yeah he's definitely so. that guy. And <laughs> if you were in the industry, you would probably think similarly of Hondo. Uh, I, would, I would say Raymond James' question is, uh, next question is related. What was the last great D'Antonio moment? I mean, I think... Dumbass question. <laughs> this has to be in the running. But, but I guess in more seriousness, what would you say? Hmm... Raymond, I I didn't do research on this, um, so I'm just grabbing one. Uh, I mean, I was there when they revealed his, you know, the sizzle reel for when he broke the wins record. And that was like, even though, unfortunately, it hadn't happened against Illinois. I mean, that was still Arizona State, Arizona State, pardon me. Um, That was still a pretty emotional scene there in Spartan Stadium. So I'll remember that. Um, So I'm going to choose that. His last big win, I'd have to think about. What do you got? I mean, I I think last big win might be the Holiday Bowl. Sure. I mean, it was a win. Yeah, Against Wake Forest. No, 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 Holiday Bowl. Oh, yeah. So that was Um, Washington State. 
Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, that, that's a that's it, it's a good question. Um, because it it does stink that there's not anything really from those last two years that you get to hold on to. Um. You know, weirdly, I I would just say something that sticks out from this last season to me is it was the Wisconsin game and it was going terribly. And he called the fake punt and we I think it was our longest play of the game, which is just sad. Um, But he was the one who was like really getting in players face like, let's go, let's do this. And, you know, as much as that some of that season, it seemed like he had laid down and was just kind of over it. That was uh, the last moment I saw fire in him, I would just say. So, um, (laughs) next question from Raymond, what's happening on the D'Antonio cam right now? Is he taking a nap on the lazy boy playing words with friends with Tom Izzo sitting in the dark scowling? I mean, a big part of why he claims he retired is because he's becoming a grandfather. Right. So I've got him like putting together like a crib and painting a a baby bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what I figure he's up to. Uh, what about you? Uh, also yep. I'm going to say his last big moment, the win against Penn state in 2018. Oh, sure. Sure. Yep. That's a good Penn one. State. That was huge. Yep. Mm-hmm. On the road. Uh, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. He is, he's helping with the, the nesting right now. So, um, CT and TC asking a real backbreaker right now. Uh, our favorite troll. How would you react if your child was accepted and wanted to attend the University of Michigan? A- parenthetical, Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what I would do? I would say, you know what? If you need your Spartan dad to help pay for you to go to college at U of M, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And then I would have that over them. That would be like preemptive. A lot of parents would be like, <laughs> no, I'll never pay for you to go there. Blah, 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 blah. Do all those things. That sets up a whole lifetime where they can use that against you. If you pay for the whole thing, then, you know, in those years after they graduate and they're like still snippy with you, you can just be like, well, I mean, you know, your Spartan dad did pay for you to go to U of M, you know, paid for the whole thing. I mean, that's, it's no big deal. It's just like your Spartan dad did that for you and was able to do that. So you wouldn't have been able to do that on your own except for your Spartan dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure, you know, it was great that you were able to do this for yourself and, you know, your Spartan dad, you know, just paid for the whole thing, but, but, you know, it's fine. Um, so I would, I would use that as a cudgel the rest of their life. I would, I would use that against them. What about you? Yeah. Um, well, in some ways I would think that, uh, I failed as a father, um, but I guess it actually, in some degree of seriousness, I would be happy for them and support them and, uh, hope that I raised them with, um, Spartan values and not Wolverine values. So there's that. Um, have you been to many MSU away games? If so, rank the venues. Uh, I've been to MSU games against Michigan, against Indiana and against Northwestern. Northwestern's obviously the worst. Um, (laughs) and I'll pick Indiana as my favorite, although I've never seen MSU beat Indiana at, uh, in, in Bloomington. What do you think? 
Uh, well, I I guess maybe he meant this as a football question, but uh, we did see an away game together. Uh, it was not the venue that you would expect, but we saw MSU play Penn State at the Palisade. Oh, yeah. Um, and I would say... The Palestra. Uh, sorry, you're right. You're right. The Palestra, my fault. Um, so I, we saw that. Um, I have seen games at... Um, whatever that place is that U of M plays at. Chrysler. And, uh, no, no, no. Well, I, I have been there. That is a terrible arena. Um, but I, the, the football stadium. Oh. And um, I would say that the Palestra is by far and away the winner. Sure. Palestra's great. So, yeah. Um, have you ever been dunked on? Uh, I have not, Kevin, though. Uh, this is a more interesting question for you, given that the air up there is so thin. The the people that I play pickup with are not doing a whole lot of dunking, so no. But if they were capable, I'm sure I would be. Yeah. Uh, favorite shoes slash sneakers. I'm not a sneaker guy. Are you a sneaker Neither. guy? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, I'm so, um, sorry. Yeah, if you want to ask me about hiking gear, I'm there for you, buddy. But uh, can't help you here. Yeah, I've um, got shoes, but there's no favorite shoes. Yeah, I happen to have two pairs of Nikes right now, but they're not. Like they're very nice shoes, don't get me wrong, but they're not, you know, sneaker sneaker, the thing people talk about. C T and T C final question. Mike Jones, what's your favorite superhero? It also weirdly not a superhero guy. Um like the Marvel movies, but I'm despite I think this being disqualified from later on, I'm gonna say uh Wolverine. Barf. It's obviously Spidey. And I grew up loving Spidey at a time where DC was ruling everything. Um, so I, I kind of enjoy the way the situation has sort of flipped and Marvel rules everything and Spidey is regaining his place as being the creme de la creme of the Marvel universe. But, uh, Jer Bear asks, first thing you do when ending quarantine. Also, first thing you do leaving a hospital with a newborn baby. Now answer that second one while the first one is existing. (laughs) Uh, well, so first thing I'm going to do when quarantine ends is probably go to a bar. Yeah. Um, or just a sporting event of some kind. Like I'll go to the local high school football game. I don't care. Um, first thing you do when leaving the hospital with a newborn baby, I'm, I mean, probably freaking out that you haven't prepared enough, um, or napping, um, we're taking lots of pictures. I, I, like, I don't know, man. That time is going to fly by. Um, it, it, it's... It, shit. I, I mean, I'm sure other people can relate, but I got a 16-month-old. It feels like he was born yesterday. So I, I don't know what you do. You, you, stuff happens. <laughs> um, and the good thing is, the answer is literally the same with the quarantine. So... You probably order some takeout, uh, a little bit more risky nowadays, but uh, good news is that little one of yours, that immune system is kicking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I can't really Jer Bear, but I'll see you at Crunchies as soon as this thing gets lifted. Um, yeah, you can do uh, takeout from Crunchies too. I did that on Saturday, it was fantastic. Um, takeout basketball, men's and women's, uh, football, hockey. Name the MSU sport you most would love to see a national championship in. What sport that MSU does not have a varsity team would you most like to see added? Uh, so I'm going to say uh, Lady Soccer. 
is uh, Natty Championship, where sure. I'd like to see it. Um, and what sport does MSU not have a varsity team in that you would most likely to see added? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say table tennis, because I refuse to acknowledge lacrosse as a legitimate sport. How about you? Uh, I'm going to say marble racing for varsity sport, and I'm going to say baseball. I, I know that our mm. baseball teams have not been great. I'd love to see them go to the College World Series, though. Actually, I, I'm going to withdraw mine and say softball because U of M has a historically very good softball program, and I would love to see their faces stomped in. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, so that's all from Jer Bear. Sawyer Like Tom asks, has MSU Twitter basically just lost its mind without basketball in March? Can I introduce you to Pecan Wire versus Bacon Wire? Yes, <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> Uh, uh, Sawyer like Tom also asks, assuming football players in assume, assuming football happens in the fall, do you think game day will look different? Personally, I'm all for six feet of space between everyone at Spartan Stadium. Luxurious with spaces between all the letters. Well, I think what we can really take from this is that U of M has been part of the public health problem in this country for far too long. Mm -hmm. The idea of spacing is a foreign concept to them. They pack people in in ridiculous fashion. So let's all take a moment and reflect on the evil of U of M for public health. But um, I think game day might look a little bit different, though I also think that if we get the all clear... I know I would be itching to get out. Oh, I, what about you? Yeah. I mean, if there's football happening in the fall and it's not a public health, um, you know, risk, I think people are going to be like itching to get out there. And I mean, yeah. I understand that we just had the biggest spike in unemployment in U.S. history in the last week. And I do feel for those folks. That is terrible. Um, but I mean, I think for the folks that do have jobs, there might be some kind of economic bump at the end of this thing. So and I think people, I think people who, you know, maybe I, I would be interested to see if people try and make room for their budget, even just for one game, you know, that just because they, there's an emotional or some sort of need to just mm -hmm. get out Agreed. and it'd be part of the collective again. Um, Next question from Sawyer Like Tom. Quarantine being what it is, is there anything you're doing now that you want to keep up when things get more normal, either in your lives or on the pod? I mean, the the most like wholesome thing to say is all of these discussions and in FaceTime events that we're having with friends and family. You know, that we, we can just time. all stay this connected all the time. I don't know about you. I can't speak for the Jones household. You're just like, I'm just a friend of your friends to you. Um, but here over in the Greg household, we're having lots of FaceTime with lots of different family and friend groups, and it's been fantastic. Why don't you invite me ever? Um, because, you know, I'm just a friend of friends. That's all. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Um, I would say on the pod, uh, the power rankings might be here to stay. I don't want to belabor the point too much, drink, but they've, uh, <laughs> they seem to be a hit. Um, next question from Sawyer Like Tom. The toilet paper shortage hits your home. You've got no squares to spare. What are you reaching for? And it cannot be a paper product. Mm, I, I think you go to the yard, man. I think you forage for leaves. You, you put them in a pail. You put them next to the toilet. Just uh, hop in the shower. It's a bidet on the ceiling. <laughs> it's a wall bidet. <laughs> it's a wall bidet. 
Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm start saying. That hey, I'm gonna go run into the wall today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, would you ever get a tattoo? And if so, what? I'm 100% assuming neither of you are inked. Follow-up question: What level of bro does one have to be to even consider a Sparty tattoo? Uh, there was some discussion about the the Sparty tattoo thing. I am not inked in any way. Are you? I am not, but I will say the only tattoo that I have very seriously considered getting is of something Spartan. Yeah. I just don't know what it would be or where it would be, and I, I think I'll continue to not be inked. Um, and I will say I am the level of bro that if you told me you're getting a gruff Sparty or a Sparty tattoo, okay, I'm there. That's do, fine. Do we give credit to Delvon Rowe for popularizing the gruff Sparty tattoo? Oh, I no, I, I don't think we give enough credit. Big one. And I think that he really brought it back. I think it I happen to be in college at the same time that Delvon Rowe was in college. And I think yes. he really popularized Gruff Sparty. And that's sort of his legacy. Um so yeah. Uh Spartan Ryan 97 asks, why is pecan wire so inferior to bacon wire? Uh, well, Spartan Ryan 97, it's because the bag has not been dropped to you yet, and we welcome you into our ranks. We will let the people know that you're joining us, and that ends the inferiority of pecan wire to bacon wire. You heard it for her, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Spartan Ryan is now part of pecan wire. The network. Welcome. Welcome. Pick up that bag at the door. Um, We'll we'll find out if he's just trolling or actually listens. Um, Upper Upper Deck Jerk Guy guy wants to know, how tall is Jonesy? I will tell you what my license says. It says I'm 5'8". That's, uh, that Next license question. might as well be a media guide, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, who would win in a one-on-one Nerf hoop competition, Jones or Grecky? <laughs> Grecky. I mean, obviously um, Grecky would win. I don't know, man. I think I might be more physical. You've got no shot. You would have to hit below the belt if you were going to win in a Nerf hoops competition. We've had various various physical uh, competitions over the years that we won't elaborate on, and I've uh, tended <laughs> to win those, except and, for in um, those cases where I chose to lose. Um, I will bring a butter knife with me. Upper Deck Jerk Guy <laughs> also asks, Earth, Wind, or Fire? Um, uh, how about Heart? Let's go full Captain Planet here. That might be... I mean, that might be too new a joke for the upper deck jerk guy. I've got him clocked for being at least like 45 or older. Um, um, then I'm probably going earth. Maybe fire. I mean, I don't it's know. gotta what be you? fire, right? Like yeah. no one's choosing wind. No, no. It's no. gotta be fire. If not fire earth. Um, Greg, who's your hall pass? Next question I, from the upper deck jerk guy. This whole hall pass concept. I don't know. I don't know about this whole thing. The world uh, is your hall pass. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> last week we practiced uh, pickup lines, and now we're talking hall passes. We got a real cool pod going on right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he did not specify addition, but the Upper Deck Jerk Guy asks, what's your preferred race and class in D&D? So the favorite character I played was a um, human war mage who uh, I am forgetting... There was a specialty class that I took on to it. But anyway, as a human war mage, uh, 
and the the party I was in, I was the real damage dealer, but I was also fragile. So I played kind of like the upper deck jerk guy lives his life, which is an all important diva who was just kind of a jerk, and it was fantastic mm. because they needed me. I also needed them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mentioned last week that I played for a short period of time. I was an elven ranger, um, and I rolled really well on all of my base stats, and that's why I was uh, good. Otherwise, my understanding is that rangers are a terrible class to play. It's so. way better when you play with a point allocation system instead of rolling. Good to know. We're going to get in the weeds on this, and it's going to make for a real bad pod. Anyway, um, how would humanity change if all humans' life expectancy was significantly increased, let's say, to around 500 years? Whew. Not so this good. Is, this is Upper Deck Jerk Guy swinging for the fences, right? Um, he, he is not happy about not being number one of the power rankings. So I think the first thing that would happen is there'd be a huge stratification in wealth, right? Like, You're going full altered, altered carbon here. Is that the premise of altered carbon? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. My understanding oh, of good. altered carbon was that it had a different premise. Um, well, I mean, it, it does, but it's a big part of it. Anyway, a different reason for, for watching. Um, I, I mean, I think there would just be a huge, like, imagine our system of wealth if you could live for 500 years. I mean, it would just it would be out of control. Like certain folks would, I mean, there would be a huge aristocracy. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think financially it would be the biggest thing. It might be nice if people have uh, longer term views on things, uh, on events and, uh, that, that could pay off in nice unexpected ways. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think stratification of wealth would be the biggest change. What well, there would you? be zero resources. We, we'd be like locusts. It's terrible. Yeah. All right, next question. If a ship had 26 sheep and 10 goats on board, how old is the ship's captain? 62. I mean, that's obvious, right? Yep. I'm sold. Uh, do you happen to know uh, what's another word for thesaurus? Because I do. Do you? Word book? Word um, hoard. Word. word horde. <laughs> okay. Uh, last up is John Hubbard. And do you want to explain to the folks what John Hubbard did? Yeah. So our friend John. Uh, Who was number one. Horse. Was number one. A little high on his horse right now. Uh, John, I think something that you might have concerned with your, considered with your little stunt here is you are showing off fantastic penmanship what you've done here is you've written out your questions on paper uh and then taken a picture of them and shared the screenshot instead of just sharing the file which is interesting or oh no (laughs) i see actually what you've done you've taken a picture of the screen of the paper that's pretty good that's a reference now i'm realizing to last week's episode you see what he did were you aware of this no. That what he did is he took a picture of the screen of the piece of paper. Okay. So anyway, he gets points from me and for that. But what we've had to do instead is type out your questions or at least consider typing them out 
what we did is we actually embedded your whole image into our outline. So the first question from John Hubbard is, what is Jonesy's favorite cinematic sex scene to watch with his parents? Oh. Oh. <laughs> back Mountain, Mountain, next question. All right. Uh, John Hubbard also asks, it's a week three of quarantine. When can we expect a can't read, can't write Zoom live show? Ooh, this is an interesting question. If you want to crowdsource interest on this, and I doubt there's any, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, would consider maybe we haven't talked about this actually at all. No, how I'd like to know how we'd get the audience involved. Um, I mean, we, would they clap for us when we answer questions? Yeah, I mean, uh, how does that two bit show Couch in the Rube do it? Drink, do they have they, they do live shows really? and they do Facebook Live, really? Well, they broadcast on Facebook Live, but do they interact with the audience? No, 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 no. So we would just mute all participants except for us. Okay. I mean, I think that's how you'd have to do it. Uh, Next question from John Hubbard. If football gets canceled, who says we can't form our own football team? We'll all just be able to get cleats and MSU jerseys at some point after all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume the, the surplus store is just going to clearance that stuff out at some point. I like the idea, though, that the football can't be played, but we can all interact with each other and tackle one another. That That's fine. I think it would be funny to do that and then just say that we have games scheduled with other teams. They don't show up, and then we could jack up our win total like Michigan did back in the early 1900s. Or you can just schedule you know, games against schools for the blind and high school. Let's not st- stop. <laughs> You're in dangerous territory. Chess or checkers? Who chooses checkers in this situation? Whoever's right. like, you know what? As I'm a checkers guy. It's you can obviously keep a more your sophisticated rooks game. and your, your bishops. It's, it's chess. Yeah, obviously we're going to say, even if it's not chess, we're going to say chess, John. Come on. Uh, final question from John Hubbard, Mike Jones, who was your favorite X-Man? And he put X-Men, John, you put X-Men. Who's your favorite X-Men? X-Man or woman? Note, you can't pick perennial crowd pleasers like Wolverine or Gambit. You've already picked Wolverine on the podcast today. Um, which Gambit would have been my second favorite. Uh, but that's fair. I think, um, I think I go Storm. How about okay. you? She's got a great background. You know, she does the, you know, she. But um, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler might also be my favorite. So you actually <sighs> took mine. Mine was going to oh. be Nightcrawler or Colossus, maybe. He's got some Oof. good storylines. Um, I think it's Nightcrawler for me. We can be unified on Nightcrawler. Okay. I mean, that's hmm. that's fair. Nightcrawler is still like kind of top tier i think pretty highly regarded um maybe i'd go with cyclops yeah no domino's good i think um all right we're just filling air now yep that's gonna be it so uh we've got to put some parameters around this i went on the record last week but just offhand Who's your who's your top? What's your pick I, for? I think we I think we got to chat about this and let the folks know 
post podcast being posted. Wow. So I went on the record like an idiot last week. Uh, but you think that we should follow up. Okay, that's fine. I mean, we last week there were fewer questions. People came out to play today. Mm-hmm. This, this takes some reflection and some Graham Couch level analysis before putting out some rankings. Uh, okay, agree. So All right. we'll follow up with a whole spreadsheet and charts and everything like that. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Monkey yeah. Jones. Uh, go green, buddy. Go white.